welcome back to Baby Shroom Pod, a podcast where I talk about whatever is on my mind. I am your host, Baby, Baby Shroom, Monique, um, and I am really excited to welcome Sydney back to the podcast for today's episode. Also, Sam, the black and white cat, if you follow me on Instagram, you've surely seen him, is eating in the background. He... I don't know, decided now is the time to snack, so sorry if you can hear him. (laughs) But anyway, I'm very excited for Sydney to be back on the show with me. So she actually, if you're new to the show, um, A, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And B, has been on a couple of episodes. So she was actually in the second episode of my first season and the second to last episode where we talked about making space for art, art in a pandemic, and today we're talking about the importance of taking breaks in art. Um, We kind of talk about a lot of things, which is atypical of me and Sydney in this episode, but we definitely both uh, took a long break in the beginning of 2021 from our art platforms. So Sydney's Um, podcast that she co-hosts with her sister, Friends of Folklore. Uh, They took a break for their season one. And if you don't know, I do make the art for their episodes. They'll be linked in the show notes. Uh, And I took a break from the podcast, from Instagram, from emails, just like everything I could other than what I needed for work, um, which wasn't any social media. Anyway, we talk about how important and enriching that break was for us to continue making progress in our art and growing in those respective areas. So I'm really excited to share this with you. It was um, my first in-person recording. Well, that's not true. I recorded episode eight before, but um, it'll be the first one you guys hear where I'm recording in person, uh, which was fun. It was good to see her. It's good to be able to see my friends since we're vaccinated and being safe and It's been nice this summer. Uh, Have some girl time. (laughs) I I always have really struggled with embracing my femininity. And a big part of that was feeling um, inadequate to participate in girl time, whatever you would define that as. But but now as an adult, I'm definitely leaning, leaning into it more and seeing how wonderful and enriching it is to spend time with my girlfriends so uh related unrelated (laughs) again if it's your first time listening welcome thank you so much for being here um if you'd like to stick around i have some really good shows lined up for the rest of the season and i'm releasing them once a week um for the next sam just jumped on my chair for the next 14 weeks so when this one comes out um If you'd like to uh, rate, leave a comment about the podcast, share it with others, that is great. It helps me be able to be discovered by more and I just love being able to share these conversations. So if anything in the show today resonates with you, again, this is not an advice podcast, that's not the goal, but I hope that there are things that resonate with you still. So, okay, long intro. On into the episode. Okay, hey, hey. <laughs> so, uh, my first recording in person, our first time being in the same place casually. Yeah, no kidding. It's very nice. It is nice. A difference for sure. It's nice having like people in my house. Right? Yeah, usually it's just me alone. <laughs> well, not alone, alone. I've got like nine animals and a husband, I guess. But... Yeah, but still. Let's do it. How was work today? Because you you worked earlier today. I did work earlier today. It was it was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm training. Um, uh-huh. So we we did these like quizzes that tell you what kind of employee you are. Is it like a BuzzFeed quiz? It's kind of like a BuzzFeed <laughs> quiz. They're like, yeah, are you? Do you consider yourself a Samantha, a Miranda? <laughs> Could you imagine a healthcare company? That would be so funny. That would be hysterical. Be like, Is, are we going out of business? Yeah, what's happening? What's going on? <laughs> By the way, I'm definitely a Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, there. really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. 
Interesting. I think I'm a Miranda. I could see that. That makes sense. I want to be more like her for sure, but for I sure. am a Miranda. She's a bad bitch. Yeah, I fucking love her. I love her. Except less, I'm less aggressive, but I need to be more aggressive. I don't it's think she's too aggressive. I don't think so. But she just says what she's always thinking, and like, why do we that. read that as aggression? Like, I, I admire the hell out of that. Yeah. But but the point I was trying to make was that they discovered in doing these that I am a teacher. Like, I'm a teacher and an influencer. Interesting. What do, you, what do you think about that? I think that I am good at teaching people if the people are good at being taught. I see. And this person I'm training right now. I'm training a couple of people, so I'm not going to say who this person is, but yes. this person. <laughs> it would be fine if I didn't also have to teach them how to use a computer. Yeah, for a job that's really based on ground computers and being able to use them, you'd think they'd come with a certain set of skills, if you will. There's, we did not choose these people. There's a lot of politics involved. Ah, see, that makes a big difference. It did, it did. But how was your day? I had a great day. Uh, went and printed some new stickers for my patrons because Ooh. I am late, so they're getting a bonus sticker for this <laughs> month. <laughs> and An apology sticker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got money out for my tattoo on Thursday. Yay! I'm so excited. I'm so excited for you. By the time this comes out, I'll have had it for a while. People have seen it, but I'll still put it with this episode. <laughs> um, and then I took my mom to get vaccinated. Yay! And then came here. So it's been like a pretty easy day. I've just been driving for all of the day. <laughs> but to be fair, there's air conditioning in my car. That's good. So I'm okay with it because my it house um, doesn't have cooling and it's 85 what? degrees inside of the house. Why not? Because it's an old house. It was like oh. built in the 70s. Right before climate change. There you go. I mean, mm-hmm. we didn't know. How yeah, would they have known? How would they have known? <laughs> um, this house was also built in like 79, mm-hmm. but fortunately they replaced the swamp cooler like the year before we bought it. So that's nice. Otherwise, I wouldn't have bought it. Yeah. Oh, no way. <laughs> and the new place has air conditioning. I'm very excited I'm about so it. I'm so stoked for you. I, I can't wait to come see you. Hang tight for two more weeks. Tomorrow you got this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, um, but I think, I don't know, I feel like. I've been starting to work on the podcast again and working on new pieces, Friends of Folklore's background, so I'm doing yes. art for that. And I feel like happy, like in a good mood <laughs> and excited to have all these projects to work on. And I think it's because I took a long break. Yes. I took, well, it was like three months off, which doesn't seem like a long time, but you don't realize like how much space the social media and producing art takes up in your brain if you don't take a break. Totally. 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 It gets really stale too, I think. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. I think it gets like really, I think it kind of sucks the joy out of it if Mm -hmm. that's all you're thinking about and all you're doing and you never give yourself a chance to catch your breath. Because it turns into a job. Yeah, exactly. Which is the whole reason. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This was an outlet to to blow off steam after my job. Exactly. You know. Exactly. I hear you completely. Yeah, we we took off. um, The Friends of Folklore podcast has... We are one episode into season two, mm-hmm. but we took a couple months off actually as well. Actually, we weren't going to, and then you told me you were going to, and I was like, Abby, can we take a break? <laughs> the first season's going to be a hundred episodes, but you're just going to go forever. Yeah, I think, but it was, it was very well timed, like not to bring us down at the very beginning, but um, like two weeks after we went on break, our, our grandfather passed away yeah. and that was like, I mean, it was horrible like truth be told it was it was really difficult um we had never really lost someone that close to us before totally it wasn't like unexpected because he'd been sick for a long time but he did deteriorate very quickly right when the end came it came swiftly so and also you never can really be ready no someone could be literally on their deathbed and you're still not ready no you're really not and it's like when he was like 85 years old and that's, you know, anyway, it was really good that we took the, the break when we did because yeah. otherwise we would have been like, bye guys, we're taking a break <laughs> we very suddenly. Yeah. yeah, we couldn't have done anything. I mean, we were, oh my gosh. And you know what's like crazy? I mean, I don't know. It's not universally true or whatever, but I do think we have some kind of unknown foresight into the future when it's like, 
time to take a break and we don't yeah. know why it's time. Sometimes you're overworked, but you like hit a wall or sometimes you're like, I just need some downtime and a break. And you know, when you're getting ready for something, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like when a woman's pregnant mm-hmm. and it's getting closer to her due date and she starts nesting, right? starts right. setting up the baby room and all of that jazz. And she and most of the time is doing it unintentionally. Oh, yeah. They're like, oh, I'm just getting stuff ready. But they know, like, it's about to happen. Yeah, shit's about to go down. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think if we really listen to ourselves and our own surroundings, we can tell more, like, okay, this is the time for hard work and I'm going to push through and I need to bust this out. And then this is a time for a break. I have to take a break. Yeah, I have to stop and, like, because we weren't really going to. My sister mm-hmm. is, bless her, she's going through college right now. Mm-hmm. And she's actually doing, like, a 12-credit-hour summer semester. Jesus Christ. I know. I told her, I was like, why are you being a crazy person? And yes. she just wants to get done, I think. Oh, that's fair. How much more does she have? So she'll be done in May. Mm, so I understand. <clears throat> I get yeah. it. I do too. And I'm kind of like. It's still crazy, but I get it. So I'm like, if, I, if you have a couple of Sydney episodes <laughs> in the first part of the season, that's why. Yeah. But she's killing it. I mean, she's, you know, she's incredible. But, um, I'm glad we took the break when we did because I think if all of that had happened and yes. we were still trying to do the podcast yes. and she was doing that semester, I think the podcast probably would have just ceased to exist. It wouldn't have made it because yeah. then it's like, why did we start doing this? Because yeah. it's just something to stress us out on top of everything else. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I have, I'll have said this in the first episode and I'll probably say it throughout the season, but like the theme of which I didn't realize until I accidentally actually started writing out what kind of episodes I want to do for season two Mm -hmm. but the theme of like season two of this pod is what kind of cycles do we have in our lives that are serving us and what aren't serving us and why do we still carry them and it's like sometimes you carry it just because that was the first way you ever tried something right Right. but sometimes you carry it because that's the way your parents did it because they saw their parents do it because they saw their parents do it do you know what I mean and we just pick up all of this it's like, it's like we're a flea market and we oh, yeah. pick up all of this stuff, but we don't even know if we like it or what it even or is. Or if it works for us. Exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Breaking family curses is not for the faint of heart. Uh, couldn't agree more. Yeah. And it's some bullshit every time it happens. So you're <laughs> oh, like, yeah. another one. Oh, God good. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel that so much. And you know, the last year, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can say this and like, I don't mean to sound like, oh, you should have been productive over the last year because fuck that. It's enough yeah, that you survived. Exactly. But I definitely had to face a lot of those cycles over the last year because yeah. I was sitting alone in my house with my husband and nine animals. Exactly. Oh, and this is one of them. Oh yeah. Sorry if you hear animal noises. It's the nine animals. Odin, chill. He, oh, he's having a nice. You have a dream, okay? baby. Country rabbit, huh? <laughs> We'll have to include a picture of Odin. Because the way that we're talking, you'll think that he's a little puppy, but he's a horse. Oh, he's a horse. He's Four not horse. a dog. He's a horse. Oh. Yeah. He's a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Odin. Um, yeah. So I feel like I really had to face a lot of like my own personal cycles. Yeah. I actually did therapy for as long as my insurance would cover it on mm-hmm. um, one of those online versions. Mm-hmm. They're not sponsoring you, so I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> But, um, and I was actually given a new, I don't know if I want to call it a diagnosis because it's mm-hmm. not really a condition, but new perspective, a new perspective, you know, I was, she was kind of like, okay, you kind of fit the profile of what's called like a hypersensitive person. Mm. And in a way that's exactly what it sounds like, Yeah, but it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Um, which like made a lot of sense to me. Right. Because I was, I thought I had all of these other issues because they have similar symptoms. Like I would just suddenly be overcome with anger mm-hmm. and then I'd get really sad. So I thought maybe I was having like, you know, like bipolar, which runs in my family, a mm-hmm. couple of other things. And she was like, no, no, no. It's that your brain can't filter out all of the things that are being input. Right. You know, you th- I think she told me to think of it as like, a tea kettle filling with steam. Uh, it's gonna, it's over. gonna blow. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, definitely learning a lot about like how to keep the steam from building up to the okay. boiling point and notice it as yes. it starts to build, which is like 
huge it's hard. <laughs> it is it's so hard because you think that it's only one aspect of your life but then you start to realize it's everything it's everything like I okay this episode won't come out till way later in the season but I recorded yesterday with my friend Cassandra about like active lifestyle mm-hmm. and this is the same thing where like you can't just like get fit and lose a bunch of weight no. and think all your problems are gonna go away no no And you can't just like, okay, well, this relationship with this person isn't working and I'm going to cut that off and then that'll fix everything. They're the things that's irritating me. No, they're just like a reflection of what you're already feeling. Yep. And that's just going to go on to another person (laughs) or another situation. Or, you know, you're going to attract a similar person. You have to do the work. Yeah. And one thing that was really difficult, I think, to accept about, you know, this new discovery of, of, the kind of person that I am mm-hmm. was that she was like, this is not ever going to go away. Mm-hmm. You have to make your life work around this. Yes. You have to, and you can use it to your advantage. Right. But I think that's something that like a lot of, like, I think as a society, we're very like cut off the, you know, yeah. the hand that offends you. The good vibes only. Good vibes. Oh, I fucking hate that. <laughs> that's so now, yes. I, but I feel like in reality, it's like, okay, some things about you are going to suck yeah <laughs> and you should definitely work on them yeah but the things you can't change how can you use them to your advantage right I mean I really feel like in that same like good vibes only mindset it's like you're actively avoiding the darker parts of you which yeah. you think that's the solution but really that's like a really childlike approach to it I agree it's not saying like that people are children but it's like that's what a kid does when they're scared of something yeah an adult a person who is aware and conscious of their body looks it in the eye and says like okay well I live with you I'm gonna have to figure it out yeah like you know I I definitely resisted for so long accepting that I am a very um, high functioning anxious person sure that I oh my God, I can't even believe what I can accomplish sometimes when I set my mind to something, but it's because it has a flip side of the anxiety that spills into the other parts of my life, Totally, you know, and it's being channeled into one thing. And instead of trying to pretend that's not real, which I've been doing for the last few years and it doesn't fucking work. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, it's real. Yeah. How can I use that to my advantage? And then what can I do so I can have a normal life outside of that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think we're all capable of having these normal lives. I think we're all capable of functioning with the monkeys on our backs, if you will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think ignoring them is really the big problem. I feel like, yeah, the good vibes only mindset yeah. really encourages you to just push down everything you don't like. Exactly. And then they just fester. Yes. And then you're in an echo chamber where you're never hearing different new ideas. So not only is it festering, but like, everything's confirming to let it fester more and you know what happens when people do that it explodes it comes out in anger or depression or self-harm or hurting others or you implode your whole life because you have this like darkness inside of you that you won't look at yeah I think it's I think it's just a really like like not to get political here but to go back to COVID I think that the people who are in I think there's a very strong correlation with people who are willing to accept the situation and mm-hmm. do what they could to like, you know, wear masks, don't go outside when you can help it, stay away from people. Mm-hmm. We're the same people who are willing to say, okay, now I have to deal with these issues. Yes. Where people who are like, it's not real. It's all, you know, some, I mean, like the, the audacity I know. of assuming that the entire world went into a fake pandemic just to keep Donald Trump from being reelected is the stupidest, most fucking right single-minded bullshit I've ever heard in my life right but I think that those people were, saw the same thing they're like this is a horrible situation mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to face my demons and rather than do that they're just gonna go into as firm denial as they can yes because uh, a lot of these people are older mm-hmm. and so how much of their lifetime have they just been suppressing being with themselves I don't understand yeah and, and I do it because it, it sucks because yeah. it's fucking awful and um oh we're in such a fortunate situation that we have good partners in our lives that Definitely. want to be on that journey too and support us going through it mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine making space to take a break or actually look inward or actually work on myself 
if I didn't have somebody helping me along the way, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to sound like I'm I'm judging. No, absolutely not. I mean, if you're if you're a COVID denier, I'm judging you a little bit. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> but like, yeah, there are people who are not in safe spaces and have not been in safe spaces during this pandemic. There are people who have been in really shitty situations and haven't had, I mean, like, I'm really fortunate to have been able to work from home this entire time. Right. You know, I think that a lot of people didn't have an opportunity. And like, again, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> But it was better than some other situations. Like, yeah, I didn't have to work in a grocery store and get screamed at by people, and potentially, yeah, for for no money at all. Exactly. And potentially get sick every day. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's funny because this is a part of the whole. I think taking a break and getting perspective yeah, of how this happens is that you see the areas in which you're feel really fortunate and grateful and then other areas where you're like yeah but this is still my life and it's still painful yeah you know like yeah. yes am I so glad I was able to work from home of course of course did I still very often crawl under my desk and cry mm -hmm. for most of the afternoon yeah because it yes, still also. fucking sucked <laughs> <laughs> like they can both exist it's yeah, okay totally I was uh, listening to um this episode of Joe Rogan with Duncan Trussell, which are just the best episodes ever, but they were talking about how like having a relative reality and an actual reality coexisting yeah. is vital for us to survive. Because okay. if we're trying to live only solely in one of those, then we totally lose like perspective and understanding, you know? Absolutely. Well, I also think that some, some level of disassociation is pretty much essential to survival yeah otherwise we're not gonna make it <laughs> like, we'll never brain. laugh or smile again <laughs> the human brain was not designed to take in as much information as we take in on a daily basis exactly. 100 percent. and i yeah i think it's for me you know it was really important that i took that break to mourn but i think even mm -hmm. if i hadn't had that loss in my family it would have been really essential because i was like by the end of the last season, I was not really writing anymore. Mm -hmm. I had not read a book in months. I was really struggling at work. And like, yeah. I'm not blaming the podcast for that. Just oversaturation of the brain. Exactly. There's too much going on. And I pretty much stopped doing everything. You know, like, I, yeah. I mean, like, I, I, or rather, I would pick something that I did. Okay. You know, I, I took the podcast out of the equation. I took a little bit of time off of work. Mm -hmm. And it was like, okay, today I'm just going to read. Mm -hmm. Today, I'm going to rewatch Downton Abbey for the 70th time. Right. Today, I'm going to write, you know, it was like, instead of trying to do, because I think you can do, I think that I might actually be paraphrasing from Allie Ward's Ologies podcast. If you mm -hmm. haven't checked that out, it's amazing. Okay. But she has one episode where they talk about anxiety, I think. And one of the things that they said was like, you can do everything you want in your life, but mm -hmm. you can't do it all at once yes yeah that is okay it's so funny because I've literally been told that my whole life have not understood it until now because yeah. you can't you can't you're incapable of knowing it until you just do <laughs> and you give it a chance right yeah and like again that is like I can be so productive it's fucking nuts and I know I'm bragging on myself but it's true I can't believe what I'm capable of when I have nothing like holding me back totally, and like I can go and go and go and not need a break and not need to eat or anything. I forget to eat for like yes. 12 hour periods. Yes. When you're yeah. just in the zone, mm -hmm. but by doing that, when it's done, I'm just destroyed. Yeah. I'm super raw. Every time yeah. I finished a novel that I've, that I've been writing. Yeah. It's reading too, honestly, but especially yeah. when I'm writing a novel and I finish, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to bed for four days. Yes. <laughs> I will expect food to be brought yeah, to me. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, husband. Yes. <laughs> Which is like, okay, if it's a passion project, that can be really exciting. But it's also, you know, if you can do that, I'm like a passion project, you know, you're doing that in other parts of your life Definitely. where it's not serving you. And sometimes that kills the passion project because you just didn't give it time to breathe and be. Totally. Um, and so like, okay, for example, yesterday I had some stuff going on mm -hmm. and I wanted to just keep going and keep pushing through until my next thing because I had more I wanted to do. But mm -hmm. then I thought, yeah, but you won't eat. And you know, if you don't eat that you'll come home and you'll just gorge yourself 
and then you won't sleep because your stomach will be all upset and blah 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 you know so I just took 30 minutes to go home and eat and I still got what I needed to do done today and nobody died because I waited (laughs) one more day totally the world didn't stop spinning because I took an extra 30 minutes to eat I think it's like a serious like I want to blame capitalism you know oh yeah is this a Sydney segment we're blaming capitalism (laughs) but it's yeah, I'm the, I'm the same way. I just want to work until I'm done with the thing. Mm-hmm. But if I do that, I neglect myself. Exactly. And that can be really hard, especially with like passion projects. It yeah. kind of, it's kind of counterproductive. It is. Yeah. Because then you like kill your spirit. Yeah. And then you finish the thing and you're like, I don't even want to do anything with this. Yeah, I hate it. Like, or yeah, yeah or like this sucks or, you know, because I feel like it definitely affects the quality of what you're creating. Yes. Too. If you're focusing on quantity. Exactly. Because, yeah, and we're not trying to make, like, a living off of it right now anyway, so why am I, like, turning it into that, you know? (laughs) I think it's just, yeah, it's just kind of the way we've all been been raised in this society. It's like you, you you know, like the whole don't half-ass anything kind of concept. And I'm not all for working hard, but I also want to not have a heart condition. Right. I'd like to still have an ass when it's done, (laughs) you know? Well, and, and there's this really fantastic YouTuber. So, so something that I've been doing to kind of a, a big thing I've been doing during my break is watching um, historical dress YouTubers. That is the most Sydney thing <laughs> I've ever heard. I love them. They're like recreationists. I love that. It's super cool. You learn about history and they're just like very calming, yeah. like videos from very calm people. Yeah. And there's this one, her name is Kathy Hay, mm-hmm. and she is recreating what's called the peacock dress. It's uh-huh. this dress, I think, worn by some royal person in, like, the turn of the 19th century. Okay. And she, um, that might be wrong. Don't fact check me. <laughs> but it's old. It's an old dress. Okay. And it's sitting in a museum right now in, I think, the UK. Mm-hmm. And that's where she's from. That's where she lives. So mm-hmm. she is basically trying to recreate it from scratch, and she is been doing it for years wow it's one project I mean she works on other things here and there right but this is like the magnum yeah. opus yeah and she talks about it and she talked about it in a video recently that really resonated with me because somebody somebody wrote in on behalf of like their grandmother who was like please finish this before I die <laughs> <laughs> she's like I'll try but she talks about it, she's like the point is not to finish right it's to explore and learn actually as you're saying this it's making me think of like Game of Thrones. Oh my yeah. god, I always have oh Lord of god. the Rings. Which I guess is not like an insane <laughs> one that came to mind. No, it's like, not like I'm saying Iron Man and I meant great Game of Thrones. <laughs> but Game of Thrones. Yeah. What's his name? Which one? Who wrote it? Who's oh, writing? George R. R. Martin. Yes. How everybody's like on his dick about finishing it. But it's not, it's not yours. Like yeah, it's he can, if he ever wants to finish it. It's his project. It's always been his. Oh, yeah. It's just tough, though, when you start sharing your art. Is it, you feel like you owe people, but it, it's, you don't. It's you yours. Don't. You don't. No, and I think it's, I think it's really important to remember that. Because, like, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm not reading that particular um, series. I read the first two, but they were too similar to the show. And I was mm-hmm. watching the show at the same time, so I got right. interest. Right, right. But, you know, he's working on other projects. And there yeah. is, I don't know if you're familiar with this other author. His name is Patrick Rothfuss. Mm-mm. Please don't sue me for libel, Patrick. Um, so, <laughs> so Patrick Rothfuss has two books, um, The Name of the Wind and A Wise Man's Fear. Mm-hmm. They're very good. They're like tomes, like a mm-hmm. thousand page novels. Jesus. And they're yeah. like a series. Right. And the last one came out in 2011. Okay. And the third one has been promised in the 10 years since then. Mm -hmm. And very recently, I believe it was his editor, came out on Reddit and exposed that she has not seen a word. Really? Not one word. And the problem, I think, is, and this is where I'm going to praise George R.R. Martin, is that he has only ever worked on this one project and he's stuck. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, okay, I have writer's block here. Let's go work on something else. Yeah. And I think George R. R. Martin is working on all these other projects and it's good because I don't think we're ever going to see another King Killer Chronicle from Patrick Rothfuss, but right. I think we will see more of George R. R. Martin's work. 
Yeah. Because he's giving himself the space and the break. Exactly. Yeah. The break. Because he wants to do it right because it's his. Exactly. It's his story. And he wants, I'm guessing, to do it the way he wants to do it. And like, I can't blame him. I feel that way. Anytime I start to get into my head of like, well, what if, what are people going to think about this or this? And I'm like, but it's mine. And I don't even have to share it if I don't want to. Who knows? He might have the last book written and will never publish it because it's his. Because it's his, you know? And I think that's something that people forget. I think, you know, I think it's John Green who says that books belong to their readers. And I think that's true to an extent. Yeah. Like, I think once you release something, what you've released is no longer, you know, like um, how Ray Bradbury was really angry that Fahrenheit 451, Mm -hmm. I was going to say 452, um, was not as, or like about censorship as he thought it was, or Mm. there was like some misinterpretation of how he intended it versus how it was read. Right. But I don't think you can control that. No. But I do think you can control if you continue something, how you continue it. Mm And I would have the stuffing kicked out of me if my thing was made into a show before it was finished and that show was horrible. Right. Like that way that it ended was just a complete and utter because slap in the face of every of the characters. Because yeah, here's what I think. I think that it probably ends like in the barest of bones, mm-hmm. the same way George intends to end it. Mm-hmm. But I think that the execution was so bad. Mm. But I think all he can see is they hate my ending. Right. And so I don't want to finish it. Yeah, I wouldn't. They already hated it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, hence, he's going to work on other stuff. I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit. I actually think it's pretty fucking G, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) The whole world is like, give us this. And you're like, what a badass i know i respect it i do yeah and i i do that is something that i've gained from just taking some time for myself that if it's my own art and it's not fulfilling me then i don't want to do it because i already did that i did that before i started teaching Mm -hmm. i spent many years doing art related jobs or commission work or whatever I had to do to make money and I hated it because it was like the fun was sucked out of it and I didn't want it and that's why I left and started teaching and then doing my own art on the side and so why am I repeating the same cycle when I don't have to exactly exactly I totally hear that I also realized too that I have a panic and fear about relaxing and that I have to take it in doses, but it's gotten better. And I need to make time in my schedule and life to practice relaxing. Totally. I feel like that's insane to say, but I have to practice it. And like, I'm learning how to ride a bike or something. (laughs) (laughs) It makes perfect sense. You know, I was talking to my sister the other day and she mentioned how she's learning how to be uncomfortable. Mm. I think it's because it's really, please stop, Odin. Stop it. He's I think it's, um, I think it's really easy to conflate being uncomfortable with being in danger. Yes. Yeah. I, it's funny you say that because before I started working with people who are at risk slash living in an at-risk area, I conflated the two. And now the more I've been there, I'm like, oh no, that's not the same thing at all. Oh yeah. At all, at all. Oh yeah. I can totally tell the difference between someone I'm actually afraid of versus someone who's just a little off and they don't mean any harm. Well, I think it's, it even goes down to like societal interactions. Like there's, mm-hmm. I'm going to keep like referencing all these other people. No, it's fine. Um, I listened to a podcast called Wine and Crime mm-hmm. and they're awesome. Mm-hmm. And they're very like strong advocates for being anti-racist. Mm-hmm. They are three white women, but mm-hmm. they're doing their best. And one of the things they talked about was that was how, was how, White people especially, I think, and you can cut this out if you want to, um, but white people especially who conflate discomfort with danger mm-hmm. are the people who won't call out their racist, racist relatives because it'll make things uncomfortable. Right. And that'll put them in danger. Which is bullshit. Be. Yeah. You're going to be uncomfortable. It's going to suck, but you got to do it anyway. Which is doing that to yourself mm-hmm. also of mm-hmm. like, 
okay, I'm going to need you to do something different now because what we're doing isn't working oh, and yeah. you're not in danger. Oh, you're yeah. just uncomfortable yeah. and that's fine. You're fine. But it's what we're doing, pass. yes, <laughs> what we're doing right now is not serving us. Exactly. Yeah. And I like say you can cut that out because I don't know if you wanted to discuss race. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> But uh, I don't know if we wanted to get real, real, real fast. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a really easy thing, and I, it's it kind of I think connects to relaxing. You know, if you're not used to letting your guard down in that mm -hmm. way, it's really easy to feel like you're in danger. Yeah, I because that is the feeling I get bubbling inside of me when I try to relax, which I have worked my way up from being able to sit still for five minutes, which was my max fucking capacity. Yeah to 20 minutes. Good for you. I think that's a huge improvement. That's a 400% improvement. Yes. If I'm by myself. Really? If I'm with other... <laughs> <laughs> I'm amazing at that. <laughs> if I'm with other people, it's easier for me to relax. That's not sure. the same thing. Sure. I'm the very social person. I'm the most comfortable when I'm socializing. If I'm... You know what's so funny? Okay, this is like something I still don't entirely believe. But when I was a, a young child, a young ch ch the children, the youth, the youths. when I was a youth, yes, and, and I was an emo youth, oh. which I owe so much to emo. I was thinking today of like, I owe my entire life to emo culture because that's how I met my husband. Uh -huh. That's how I fell in love with art. Anyway, so that's happy. how you met Franco, really? Yeah, we were like two emo rejects in an emo reject group because we all band oh. together. Misfits. Yes, and that's how we met. I cannot even begin to picture Franco as an emo kid. I mean, he was a top-notch emo boy. <laughs> top-notch, top shelf. I love it. I um, love it. But I was thinking about how, at that time in my life, being an emo youth in real Rancho, New Mexico, and how fucking weird everyone thought I was, and that's why I only had a couple of friends who are the other weird emo kids, because mm -hmm. nobody liked us, but I, like, owned that shit. Okay. I wasn't going to be anybody else. I was going to be me, and I didn't care if people liked it or not, and it wasn't until I got older that I started to care more. I mean, don't get me wrong. I always cared, but I wasn't willing to let it influence the way I presented myself, totally, even though totally. I really cared and I knew people didn't like me. Yeah. Anyway, since then, I have talked to people who knew me at my, that time in my life, and they were like, yeah, you were so confident and so chill, and you always did what you wanted. And I was like, what are you talking about? That's who not how I felt. Who, me? Are you sure me? But it's because I owned it. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. And it's crazy to have, like, perspective shift when you just, like, are comfortable with yourself. Totally. 100%. I think that's a huge... I think that's a huge deal because I was I was I I called myself a goth but like it was the same fun we were shopping at the same hot topic <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> we didn't know each other yet but okay. I was I was also like that kid and I don't know my mom is always like you weren't a goth because you didn't have the personality I'm like what the fuck what does that, that even mean, mean? what it's is that how mean? I was dressing that's all that <laughs> means but oh, yeah, yeah. people, I mean, like, I don't know if I ever asked anybody who knew me back then what their perception perception was. of me was. I think that they all thought I was kind of bitchy because I'm going to be honest. I thought that being strong and being mean were kind of the same thing. Which I think is another dilemma we're experiencing is people are conflating them too. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, yeah, boss lady or what is it called? Boss babe. Boss babe or whatever. What the fuck ever, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, they're aggressive and angry, which like aggression is important for us to embrace as women because we're so uncomfortable with it. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't have to be the same thing as male aggression because we don't like that either. So like, why did why does a woman have to adopt the same personal personality traits as a man to be a, a quote boss? Well, I think it's honestly you know? like, I think the trouble with it is that when we do have the like positive mm -hmm. traits that men have, you know, men are, have leadership skills where women are bitches mm. that that guy you know he doesn't mind speaking his mind where that yeah. one's out of line I you know see. so I think that that when we are actually tagged as aggressive it's always negative yeah where for men it's like positive unless they're like you know being a dick I mean I think honestly that I, I found the one guy I liked and I married him <laughs> I'm real. <laughs> I like men very much. No, that's not true. Men are wonderful. All people are wonderful. But the gender dynamics in this country are fucked. 
You know, I think too, by that, by us, I think that the confusion is coming from that we are like trying to entirely reject gender. Right. And like wash it away and we're all neutral and the same. And that's just not true. Like I do well with my kids because I have a softness to me. I'm very stern and I have very strict expectations, but I have like a soft motherliness. And if I try to reject that because it's wrong for me to embrace that femininity, or if I try to reject the masculine parts of me, then I'm not me. I have to have a balance of it. Well, I think that's, I think that's kind of the point also is like, is it, is it rejecting to reject femininity? Do you have to reject the feminine parts of yourself or do you have to disconnect softness with femininity? Can you be soft without it having to be a feminine trait? That's interesting. Yeah. So like, I I agree with you. I don't think it's, it's, I think the right answer is for everyone to be the truest form of themselves that Mm -hmm. they can be. Mm-hmm. And I think the right answer is, you know, whatever word means you, I'm going to believe that because you know you way better than me. Right. I think when people try to force other people into boxes. This is true. And forcing femininity into a box, you know, these traits, this list of traits are feminine, this list of traits are masculine. It's like, right. fuck that. Right. Because I do feel like it's funny because the parts of like femininity that I've always been so terrified of is like softness and kindness because I assumed it as weak. But when I embrace my version of femininity, I feel like the most strongest and powerful person. Like I was putting on jewelry becoming before coming over here today. And as I was putting it on, I felt like I was putting on like armor. Yes. Like the, my Fuck feminine yes. is me and she is powerful. And like, because I'm embracing her then she's the balance to the masculine that I've always had and I've never known what to do with because it's out of control. Mm-hmm. And now they're together. And now it's like, I'm a full person. See, there you go. And I think that's what it is. It's don't, you know, be you. Mm-hmm. And fuck whoever societal bullshit says that femi- these things are feminine, therefore weak. These right. things are masculine, therefore strong. Because I've had, I've actually talked um, with another friend about this a lot but I think I benefited a great deal from having a gender neutral first name. That's interesting. It's very interesting because I never felt, people often presumed I was male mm-hmm. for one thing. Mm-hmm. I got Mr. Sydney Wheeler all the fucking time. <laughs> oh my God. But I think that it did not instill in me very strong gender norms in that direction. Like any more than society was already going to. That's really interesting because I went by Mo for a huge chunk of my life and that made me feel more comfortable with myself. Yeah. And then when I got older and started exploring that, what that meant more, my own identity, I embraced Monique a little bit more. And now I'm like, I just want to be baby. I don't want to even have a name. I just want to be baby. (laughs) A girl has no name. Full circle. You're a fucking professional. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> he came to the best. Okay. Um. Okay. I love having like just a general idea of what I want to talk about with somebody because I this is the podcast I prefer. Of like, where does that idea take us? I love it. I love this conversational like medium mm-hmm. you know my my podcast is very focused mm-hmm. on like the topic of the day which I think is good um because Abby and I have a tendency to get pretty derailed way. <laughs> so we need some like yeah, direction guidance <laughs> but it's nice too because it's like the same it's funny it's like the joy you get of watching a television show that has direction but you're watching it with your friends <laughs> who talk shit in between exactly commercials Exactly. So That's I what I feel. Like. A dog you are so <laughs> fun. That's how I think feel like your podcast oh, is. Which I is, appreciate that. It's fun though. That's fun. But yeah. I also love this because like my favorite parts, I know there are some people who don't like those parts of podcasts, but my favorite parts are the tirades. My favorite parts yeah. are like people just interacting very genuinely with each other. Right. Um, I've started listening to, speaking of Lord of the Rings, which we weren't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's how you should introduce everything from now on when you like... <laughs> want to change the subject people are talking this which we weren't but we are now so shut up so deal (laughs) taking the 
fucking right. <laughs> um, there's this new podcast called The Friendship Onion. Uh-huh. How familiar are you with like the Lord of the Rings films? You know, it's been a minute, mm-hmm. but I have seen them multiple times. Okay, so you know the actors who play Mary and Pippin? Yes. They are best friends in real life. Are you serious? Completely. They have been best friends for the last 20 years. That is so... I'm, I think I'm going to cry. It's so, so beautiful. Cute. And they have a podcast. They just started. They're like four episodes in. It's called The Friendship Onion. Oh my god. And it is like a warm cup of tea mm-hmm. in a podcast. They're so cute and they're so genuine and everything they, all their interactions, like they have like segments, right? but all their interactions are just so authentic and I, I love, love that. that. I think it's like, I love that your podcast is like that where it's just oh. people, friends having conversations about interesting things. Yeah, you know, I thought of the idea of like, do I want to reach out to different, like maybe people I don't know and talk to them about stuff, but then I thought, no. <laughs> want to do that I have to do that all the time I don't I don't want to do that I want to talk to my friends about stuff that we already talk about that I'm like damn I wish I'd recorded that that was fucking interesting yeah no I feel that like sometimes Abby will be saying something like can you save this for the podcast please yeah you're being too funny and too interesting (laughs) stop enough save it (laughs) we get it you're cute she's the fucking she's the cutest cutest. she's like a little button of a person she is like a button that will dab you yes and that's what makes her <laughs> even cuter like one time I remember she had just come home from her first semester in college in New York and we're you know this is New Mexico very like right. land of manana everyone's all laid back yeah, yeah yeah and she we're in a Walgreens and this guy is openly checking her out and she turns around looks him up and down and says peasant <laughs> I'm like oh city side came oh, out no, like, I'm, I'm sorry it's my New York sister <laughs> Like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know which Abby was coming. My, yeah, my, my bad, my bad, my bad. She wasn't ready for the world yet. <laughs> She's like, I'm a Hufflepuff. She's a stone cold Slytherin. Yeah. No, you gotta incubate her for like a week when she comes home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna like, keep quarantining yeah. you. Yeah. Not safe for the public. No, you. These public. <laughs> these people. They're not ready for you yet. She's like leveled out. I think she's yeah. probably too nice for New York and too mean for New Mexico. I often feel this. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Oh dear. Um. So, yes. uh, what are some things that you want to take forward in your life post-break slash do you feel like you'll be taking a break again? Is this going to be a regular thing you do? So, for the first part of that question, I definitely want to maintain more of a reading schedule. Mm. They say that ex- reading for the mind is what exercise is for the body. Totally. And I, I've always been like a pretty avid reader, but I kind of got into a bit of a slump right before everything started. And I'm like, okay, clearly mm-hmm. this is something I desperately need. Yeah. You've always been a reader. Always. Yeah. But like never, not always as much as I wanted to be. Right. And um, I think, yeah, just making sure I'm taking time. And, you know, if, if we need to skip an episode, my 11 listeners will. <laughs> They'll find a place in their heart. They'll find a way to forgive me for that. Yeah, I'm sure. But I think that we will probably take another break. We, you know, we're at 35 episodes. Uh, 36 is, is the first episode of season two. That's crazy. It was crazy. And I think we are scheduled through January or February. Yeah. And so I think season two yeah, is 16 so. episodes. And then we'll probably take another break. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Same. I will definitely be taking another break. This season will be 15 episodes and then I'll take a break from everything. Cause like, it wasn't just, I needed a break from the pod to refocus, but I needed to totally check out of everything, Yeah. which this season will end in the first week of September, I think. So school will be in like full swing and I'll need a chance to check out. Cause I, it's, it's tough. It's kind of like you need to reconnect with yourself. 100%. You need to see like, who am I underneath all of this, you know? And so um, I definitely will be doing that, which is good because uh, I thought like nobody would give a shit about me ever again if I took a break and that, I that is not do. true. It's just I not true. Was, I was like, I'm going to fall into irrelevance. I'm like, I'm already yeah. irrelevant. <laughs> I'm <so> shit. <laughs> Bitch, it's not like you have millions of followers anyway. You're like, oh, yeah. like, like I said, I was like, oh yeah, I'm 
letting down all 12 of yes. our subscribers. Well, we are just watching Watcher. Yes. And they're Watcher doing movie. the Too Many Spirits. Yes. And it's been like four months since they've done the show. And immediately when they posted it, we were on that. All over Because it. we liked it. And it yeah. didn't matter that they took a break. We'll just watch it when they have it. Yeah, we'll watch it. Exactly. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like they're so cool. I love Watcher. Like you they were do. saying, they're a huge inspiration. Totally. Um, and I, oh, a cat has come grace me with his presence on my foot. Good boy, Tia. Good boy. He is so shy, but so curious. Yeah, that's some good foot action. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's a just sniffing guy. Are you a foot guy? <laughs> oh, he's like, Paris. mom's making too much noise. I'm going to run away. Okay, buddy. I've also, taking away from this is, yes, I need to read regularly too yes i used to feel really guilty that it ta- it takes me so long to pick a book mm-hmm. and then get into it and then finish it but also who cares <laughs> nobody cares that it takes me that long to read a book no one would even know so it doesn't matter but i need to have something i want to read exactly i feel like there's so much pressure for like what's normal but like nothing is actually normal no. it takes you six months to read that book it takes you six months to read the book yeah i, I you still read fucking it. read it you yeah still read it. that's one more book than most people read this <laughs> right <laughs> right and then also making sure i have time to um be active regularly except not feel like i have to be doing like an insane routine every day for it to matter. But just like this morning, I did 10 minutes of yoga. That's fine. That's enough. I don't need to do more than that. Maybe tomorrow I'll do something a little bit more active, but that's fine. Like it's, I don't know, I guess having some more softness with myself is the main thing I take away. Yeah. You know, you're the oldest friend you're ever going to have. Right. And no one's going to know me like I do. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I, so you can't talk to yourself the way you, you have to talk to yourself as kindly as you talk to any of your other friends. Exactly. Of like, you're overwhelmed, honey. Yeah. You need to take a break instead yeah. of screaming at myself, which no wonder I never listen. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> right? If I, instead of being like, God damn it, Monique, you need to do this. And instead be like, you know, if you need to have some lunch first, I think you should probably have some lunch and then you'll be more productive afterwards. Oh yeah. Sometimes the most productive thing you can do is take a break. Yes. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's really easy to feel like, you know, oh, if I don't do this every day, I'm not a blank, but you know what? We went to college Yeah. to be artists and writers. We paid for the, no one can take that away from us. No. I don't care if I don't write for a year. I'm still a writer. Exactly. I have that forever now. Yeah. I've written like I'm not going to say how many novels because I'm not sure what counts because I keep going back and rewriting the bitches. <laughs> but I have written a novel. I'm a writer. I have right. written a short story. I'm a writer. Exactly. And I think that, like, speaking of the quality, like, your work is always amazing. Aww. But the first thing you did for us, that, that Bluebeard painting, I was blown away. Thank you. I was blown away. I was like, she is coming back with a fucking vengeance. <laughs> That's how I felt, which makes me feel so good. You felt that way because I, did, yeah. I was like, oh, the break was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. It was worth it for what you can produce afterwards. I did a sketch the other day and I was really proud of myself because I can tell that I consistently worked on stuff, but also giving my time myself time to rest um, has rewards. Yeah. It does. We're not machines. No, we're not supposed to be either. Which I love that that's what we talk about every time we talk. I know, every time we talk, we're like, you know what's bullshit is but capitalism. It's true, though. <laughs> like, I think I just need reminders pretty often. Same. Of, like, checks back into reality. Like, I <laughs> I think that I need to schedule check-ins with myself. Yeah. Like, I'm my own probation officer. of like, <laughs> okay, so how much have we derailed? And we need to come back to reality. You know what I call that? It's huh. journaling. Oh shit, you're right. Because I started doing that during the break too. That is something I'm missing. I used to journal a lot and I loved it. It helps so much. And I feel like it makes room. Like I feel like it's like just a little net that scoops everything off the top. Mm-hmm. And then other more important things can float to the surface. Yeah. You know, it's very, I love that comparison. And I started to do that during school I had a bullet journal for school because I was getting too overwhelmed but I haven't done it for myself but that would be something really nice to just do for myself I think so too and like what I did because I have this like I had this like stupid idea that there was like a right way 
to journal and right. it was like a right way to you know so I was like should I like have I like a prompt <laughs> and so what I started doing I was like okay if I need a prompt I'll set an intention yeah. I will note something I enjoyed about yesterday and note something I want to do better today if I'm going to have a prompt. But most of the time right. I just end up being like, and this fucking thing. Right, because most of the time you just need to get out. You just gotta get out. It's, it's, so there's this, this therapeutic thing that I definitely recommend you talk to a professional about, listener, before actually trying, because it's kind of complicated. But I'm gonna give like the bare bones. It's called the empty chair. Mm-hmm. And basically what it is, is that the human brain does not care if the person you need to scream at hears it right it just cares that you scream it you get it out so if you if that means going out into the woods or going into the shower and having an argument with yourself mm-hmm. with you know the person in your head or writing it all out writing a letter that you never send the point is that your brain just needs to release it doesn't know the difference it, it needs to speak it doesn't need to be heard And so I think that having that outlet of just like, okay, this is what's bugging me today. This is who I'm frustrated with. This is who I'm appreciating. This is, you know, try and keep it like even with the positivity because it's really easy to just be like, and another thing. But it's, it's just kind of a way for your brain to cycle out what's in the way. Okay. Here's super interesting because I, I like, duh, that makes so much sense to me once you said it, because that is literally art yeah it just needs to get out yep it doesn't necessarily need to be seen ever mm-hmm. you just need to get it out yep and I think pre-break I had this pressure to share everything I made but some of that's just for me yep. some of that's just for me to get out it's out nobody needs to see it no nope. it's like journaling nobody needs to see it no one's ever gonna see it right I'm gonna burn it when I'm done <laughs> Oh, I like that. We should go in the woods and have like a burning fire. Well, it's really dangerous right now. What if we go in December? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we'll go to like a sanctioned fire pit. So listeners, we're not going to start a forest fire. Yeah, I probably We're going to go to a sanctioned pit. You know what? In Penasco, they have a fire pit. Perfect. That's where we'll go. Oh my God, we need to do that anyway. I know. Sounds so nice. Actually, when we're done with this, let's talk about that. Yeah, I'm ready to go. Like, man, I can't bring trip. Let's go. As soon as possible. Yes. Um, Yeah, so I think that is something that I will keep in mind also moving forward. And I do think I will have to just, just like if you make a trip, if you want to go on a trip, you just buy the tickets and you're like, we have to just buy them or else we'll never go. Mm -hmm. Same thing with taking a break. I just need to decide, okay, on this day, I'm going to be done. Yeah. And I'm going to take a break for three months Mm -hmm. and just schedule it. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. I need it. The same thing. Well, I think that it's okay even like if in the middle of your break you're like, oh, I really want to draw this thing. Or yeah. Like, oh, I, just do it. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay to break from your break. Right. You know, if, if inspiration if inspiration strikes, don't like smother it. Right. But I think that giving inspiration the opportunity to strike <laughs> exactly. is pretty essential. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. So, um, what are your hopes for season two of Friends Book for? Well, I'm excited because we're a lot more organized. Um, like I said, we have a schedule. Uh, we already know all of our topics in advance. And like, we know that we can change them if we want to. Right. But it's nice to be like, okay, this is what I need to start thinking about. Because before it'd be like three days before episode, I'd be like, what the fuck am I going to talk about? I got to exactly. text Monique. I got to text Abby. I don't know what to do. We're recording tomorrow. Tomorrow. That, that happened. Really? A couple of times. Or like, I'd know for like a week what I was going to cover. And then the day before I would come and I'd sit down and do my notes and I'd be like, I can't do this. Yeah. This it's working. too much. It's too much. Or like, there's not yeah. enough information or, oh. or like, so like, for example, I was going to do Roanoke. Are you familiar? Yes. Yeah. Um, that case is basically solved. Yeah. They pretty much know what happened. And, and like, been covered many times. Many, too. many times. Yeah. I'm like, I'm watching the BuzzFeed Unsolved episode and I'm like, this is solved. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I know we don't have like the evidence, but this is pretty we much, we know. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's not fun. So I had to like, go find something else like three days into my research. So right. I think it's nice having the no ahead, like way ahead of time. And then if it doesn't work, I can pick something else or just pick something from later. Right. And then have way more time to think about what I want. And you know, I also think taking a break it helps you realize you needed the structure because out me feel the same way too. When I, when you sent me your spreadsheet, I was like, yeah, that would I know. Make- How did we not do this before? Yeah, this would make everything so much easier. It was organized, yeah. and like I can have my projects and 
things that I'm working on, I, I gotta have some fucking structure to it. Oh yeah, pre- preparation, I think personally is one of the best ways to fight anxiety. Yes. Yes. And finding a balance between being prepared and prepared for something that's never gonna happen and you're being we talked about much. that. Yeah, like too much. Saving every single penny you make and never having any fun because what if? Yeah. It's like, what if what? I know. You know, I'm going to say it on here because it made such a big difference when my mother-in-law told it to me. She said, you can't save and be ready for every catastrophe. That's the nature of it. It's a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Oh, yeah. You can't spend your whole life trying to prepare for something that may or may not happen because whatever does happen, it's going to catch you off guard anyway. Oh, yeah. And like, you're going to deal with it. Like, yeah. I, who the fuck saw COVID coming? Exactly. We all, I mean, most of us survived that. Right. I hope. But even so, <laughs> in the midst of that catastrophe, how can you structure your life so that you're not adding to the anxiety? Exactly. Can you prep your food for work? Yeah. Can you set a routine for exercise? You know what I mean? 100%. And yeah. I think that was like a huge learning moment for me because I have always been a saver. I save every freaking penny I have. I totally, yeah. Worst case scenario. We had just bought a house. We had no money. Yeah. Cause you saved your money for the house. For the house. Sorry. If you, if you hear that spooky ghost, it's just my dog. Do we need an ice cube break? Yeah, let's take an ice cube break real All quick. Right. Come here, baby boy. That's okay, Odin. We're almost done, honey. <laughs> it's so hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, so yeah, we had no money because we'd spent it all in the house and we had saved up for this house. And it was like, okay, well, I can either send you off to work every day and be constantly worried that you're going to die. Or we can just kind of figure this out as we go. And guess what? We were supposed to run out of money last month. Yeah. And we're doing real well. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Figured it out. You just, you rolled with the punches. Yeah. You take life as it comes. It's okay. You can be prepared and ready and have structure to your life. Catastrophe is going to happen. It just is. It just is. No person has a life without it. And you know what? I think the greatest meaning of life comes from catastrophe and hard times and it's horrible and horrifying and then you have a greater perspective on who you are as a person and what you want in this life i think you're absolutely right odin is so precious and perfect i'm so glad you think so i think he's a huge pain in the butt oh no not this boy he wants his dinner oh you're hungry yeah we okay um people know Yes. We could talk for like 10,000 years. Oh my gosh. We'd be here all night. We haven't even scratched the surface of the conversation. Not yet. even close. <laughs> so if you, if I'd, I'd love to come back, if you'd like me to come back. I would. Um, I'm going to have you on an episode. Yes. In July, mm-hmm. August. It'll probably air in August. I think it'll air in August because we're, we're recording in July. Yeah. These boogers will be elsewhere. Yeah. 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 But, um, <laughs> no, that's okay um yeah i'll be on an episode later in the season and there's new art coming out friends of folklore yes. i just i finished um inking the piece that i'm gonna do for this next one which i am oh, obsessed so with excited. that girl that i drew that alien girl I'm obsessed with i've her. drawn her literally everywhere i'm obsessed with her <laughs> i don't know what is happening it's another but... self-portrait oh yes 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 <laughs> she's at least not crying anymore i mean she's concerned but she's not crying anymore <laughs> hey that's an improvement i think so <laughs> that's amazing oh, i hadn't even thought about that yeah. you're so right I've changed from the baby girl crying to a concerned alien woman. See, I think that's a step in the right direction. Growth. (laughs) Taking a break. (laughs) Take a break to stop crying. Yes. You can still be concerned. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Moral of the episode. Oh my God. I fucking love it. I love it. I love Love it. it. I'm obsessed. Well, thank you so much for recording with me and welcoming me into your home. Well, of course. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited Mm -hmm. that we're both back in action. Yes gonna be great I think so well that takes us to the end of the episode thank you so much for listening uh if you enjoyed hearing my conversation with Sydney the other two episodes I've done with her will be listed in the show notes as well as her social media handles You can find her and her sister's podcast on social at the Friends of Folklore. 
or at the Friends of Folklore. Both of them work. But I think on Facebook it's Folklo, so that's lore without the R-E. If you would like to find me, I will list my info as well. You can find me on Instagram at babyshroomart, which is where I have more consistent posting, I would say. Um, I also have a Patreon, and I'm much more active on there now that summer's in full swing and I have a lot of projects going on, so if you want to see any behind-the-scenes info or would like to support me in a more in-depth way monetarily, uh, please consider supporting me on Patreon. I do have a sticker club um, that I will be posting previews more frequently on Instagram so you guys can see what's coming up for those um, Patreon rewards. Uh, I also have a YouTube I upload there occasionally, which will be down below as well, and my Etsy and merch shop, um, which I'm planning on updating next week after we finish our move. It's actually really weird. I'm in what was our office for the last three years, and it's everything's taken down and boxed up. It makes me so sad, but we'll actually have some more space in the new place um, for us both to have I don't know, just more room to spread out in the office, and that's going to be fun. We're thinking about making that closet because it's kind of big, um, like a little recording space. We'll see. We might need to use that for a lot of our storage. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Um, I have some good episodes coming up. Next week's episode will actually be with Franco, um, which I had so much fun recording. Frank and I have, that's my husband, if you're new here, um, have talked about doing an episode for a while now, and I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about working with him. So definitely stay tuned, and we'll see you next week. Bye.